Where's the scatting? Oh, uh, sorry, I couldn't, couldn't stomach it. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Episode two of the Sunday Movie Marathon podcast. I thought you were about to say this shit talk then. Unfortunately not. We are three guys, three dudes looking to share our thoughts on the different films that we watch. My name is Max. I am Chris, a.k.a. Gizmo CH, a.k.a. Crimbo. And I'm Connor. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, the idea for this podcast is that we get together once a week, or at least we try to. Uh, Did you write a note of the description of what you're going to say? Pretty much. Um, I'm not on script, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we watch movies, uh, try to watch them back-to-back marathon, uh, and we talk about them on the podcast. Uh, We've done franchises and uh, recommendations once a month, hopefully. It's got a lot of fucking notes. Yeah, man. But hopefully once a month we'll do a... 50p movie marathon that's that we're going next to see week uh, no right so no. literally as before you got here I said to Max we should make the last Sunday of every month the 50p one because that way if there's five Sundays in a month or whatnot, then um, we don't go like yeah it just makes it easier yeah. I think what we were trying to do before was it'll be the 1st of November no yeah. that's not the last Sunday of this month oh yeah 25th yeah <laughs> it's but October Chris we do the last Sunday of every month so the 1st of November I got confused because the last day of the month's the 31st and that's on Saturday yeah next month's got a Friday 13th thought it was this month but nice we should yeah. do Friday the 13th marathon that week if, if it we comes could up do, we could do yeah, yeah. <clears throat> if the spinning wheel lets us if it's I will make us it worthy. let us so this week um, we obviously had the Will chose a three free for all which just means we all get to pick a movie that we wanted so Chris chose The Fly mm-hmm. Max chose The Piano mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lie guys about 20 minutes into watching Red Dawn I really regretted choosing it <laughs> well anyway we'll get to that but obviously the first one was The Fly David Cronenberg so, directing Chris do you want to Give a, a brief synopsis of the movie for the people that haven't seen The Fly. Yeah, so Jeff Goldblum, he plays a scientist who shows Gina Davis's character, a reporter who he's trying to shag, shows her <laughs> his teleportation devices that he's created and he's trying to develop it so people can safely transport throughout the two things, the first like half hours, him trying to perfect it. And then finally... They, after they get together, they argue. He's had a few drinks and he gets angry and decides, fuck it, I'm going to get in this teleportation device and if it kills me, it kills me. But when he does it, a fly gets inside the teleportation device and their genes are spliced. spliced. So the rest of the film is Jeff Goldblum slowly turning into a gigantic fly. But they don't even argue. She, she fucks off because... Yeah, her, um, her ex calls Yeah, her. and he thinks they're banging, so then he just does it. What a simp move. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was disgusting. I'll yeah. say that right off the bat. Ma- Max really got cringed oh, out yeah. when <laughs> Jeff Goldblum started picking off his fingernails. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen some David Cronenberg movies. I've seen Naked Lunch, which I really liked, and then Videodrome, which I really didn't like. So this was, it could have been either or. But I did end up liking it. It just repulsed me. I thought, <laughs> I thought the movie was funny. 
It's oh, pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen Max laugh at, at a movie as much as when he jumped through the window <laughs> and stole the girl. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. So, oh, God. Um, uh, Max, do you want to start it off? Because you've got all the notes and we can just riff all my notes. Yeah, I just... Max has come out. prepared with a laptop with um, like six pages of I've notes. I've got like a few bullet points. Yeah. I was just going to... I've got most... Um, notes for Red Dawn out of all of them. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> I had two notes for for what the whole thing. Oh, not for like specific films. No. Or? So the first note was Jeff really Goldblum has here. bug eyes, and the yeah. second one was the first stone ever discovered was found in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point um, though. Not about the stone, obviously. It was a lie about yeah, made well, it up. There we go. <laughs> About Jeff Goldblum. And that was in the first 10 minutes of a fly. <laughs> I want to say he you was know cast what? really well. I thought it would be more authentic if you you two come prepared with your notes and then I just riff it and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. So Jeff Goldblum, I want to say, pick up on what you said about his bug eyes. Perfect casting. Yeah. I think he was perfect for this role just because of how ridiculous and over the top he can be a lot of the time but not only that but i think he's over the top but the way he's he's like you monotone but more charismatic at the yeah. same time he's i'm not saying you're not charismatic well he acts in a very awkward and non-human way yeah like just the way he talks and interacts with people like not just in this film just outside of it in general yeah so i think he fit the role perfectly especially during that transformation where he starts like becoming this huge cunt essentially <laughs> when he's like still looking human but he's got this fly dna in him it was quite erratic well. behavior from him as well i think that's sort of associated with his like speech i guess like the way he his inflections and the way he talks so that that sort of emulates that of a fly, not the way he talks, but like the way it just moves about different places. Yeah, that like is one thing that I wanted to bring up on, touch on, mm -hmm. is after the transformation. Well, no, not even after the transformation. So after he goes in, and then he bangs his girlfriend, and then wakes up the next day and just randomly starts doing gymnastics. <laughs> a fly does not have super strength. They no. nor. Does it have... It's got... How can a fly do gymnastics? All they've got is they can hold things like 1.6 times their body strength. Yeah, I but think fair that's enough. Kind of what they're going for. But it, it doesn't mean you can start doing like fucking swings around a pole oh, no. and backflips. It just... It really didn't make sense to me, that part. Like, it would make more sense if it, you got fused with an ant, where it no. is just incredibly strong. But the powers... Powers, sorry. Just didn't make sense to me. That that didn't take me out of the movie, but it just I was like, that's not really what a fly does. They've also got good reflexes that they show off at one point. Yeah, yeah, they got that. If anything, he should have just been really fast. Yeah. He kind well, of was, to be fair. I mean The crawling up the wall was like I thought that was really yeah. unsettling it yeah. when I saw it. Because obviously I've watched Spider Man and I was like, that just looks you can tell it's not real. But when mm -hmm. I saw him do it. I could envision that if people could crawl on, like, the ceilings and shit. It reminded me of, um, you know, like, horror movies where they crawl up walls and shit, and it's just very yeah. unnatural, but yeah. realistic. Yeah. Obviously, um, 
he gets the girl. But like, what was that one scene at the beginning where he goes, "Hey, babe, uh, you want to uh, come to my place? I got a got a teleportation device to show you." Yeah, what did and you then, like? What he. he he fucks her? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> he like, no, he doesn't even bang her that night. She fucks off Dunny and then he shows up to her work the next day. Right. What was that about? She just like falls for him. Y- yeah, yeah. This is... I I didn't... What do you guys think of the romance in the film? It's very rushed. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with the film is that romance side because it's a very short film. It's only like an hour and a half. I think it probably needed like an extra 10, 15 minutes maybe to develop there. Yeah, I kind story. of. Maybe just more scenes of them... Doing more, like, like improving their... Uh, I don't fucking know. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, more relationship like, stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it needs more of that in the film. How long was this film in terms of, um, like, the time frame, do you think? How, how long did it take from beginning to end? Um, I'd probably say if three or four months, maybe. Maybe a little bit longer, because I feel like there's some huge, like, transformation things that I doubt would have happened, like, in a day. Maybe. I'm just thinking, if I was that girl, and <laughs> I met a guy, and then he slowly started turning into a fly after, like, a couple of months, I'd be out of there. I'd yeet myself out the window. <laughs> like, well, this ain't gonna work, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely... Not great, their love story. I think they kind—they do have some chemistry, but I don't think it's that great. I don't think either of them like badly cast. I just, I don't know. I think it is literally just because they don't have a lot of scenes together before <laughs> everything starts happening. I also like the part of the movie where after he turns into a fly and tries to take her into the machine, he calls her a fucking drag <laughs> and then yeah. walks out with nothing but his jeans and a top off. Oh no, a jeans and a leather jacket on. Oh yeah. <laughs> got his top off. Like, then fuck. he pulls a different girl out of a bar. He's like, oh, a hundred bucks says I can win this arm wrestle and take the girl home. She's like, who says? Do I look like a hooker? And he just like does the eyes. I'm like, you can get away with that in 2020. Don't worry, babe. I got the fly powers. <laughs> but it's like, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> With all your <laughs> fucking <laughs> notes there. <laughs> How can you forget what to say? There's just so many of them. Pick oh, yeah. One. He got so ripped for this movie. Yeah. Did he get ripped for this movie or was he just ripped already? I don't know. I've never seen him ripped in a, any other film, so... It's just... Very yeah, strange to, to be me. to be fair, when I... I was like, Jeff Goldblum does look a little beefy in this film. Mm. I was like, that's surprising. Yeah. When he starts doing the acrobatics, I was losing my mind. What were you? Like, wow, look at him go. It probably wasn't were even getting physique. You're getting a bit, a bit hot and sweaty over it. A little bit. And that was before he started getting hot and sweaty. The prosthetics in, in this movie, disgusting. Classic David Cronenberg. <coughs> horrible prosthetic makeup. Always. Yeah, all and practical effects. I think all the practical effects are really great, but it's just so yeah. gross and disgusting. It was kind of like it reminded me of like Alien, in a way. Yeah, it was like, yeah. horrible. Really? Yeah, just well, like the film Alien. Yeah, it was just like the 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 way they use like sort of like pussy wet practical effects that look like I don't even know like a jelly. It's like this guy, like when he starts like s- like spitting acid out of his mouth, that was horrible. I um, 
or like when he starts picking scabs off of his like face yeah. and like yeah. his fingernails come the, off and the, the his part, teeth start falling yeah, out. Yeah, the part that got me was when his his teeth fell out. Yeah, I think I've had like four or five dreams where I've dreamt about losing all my, all my teeth. Yeah, there'd be nightmares, and um, yeah, when he like put the pencil in his mouth and then took it out and just his teeth fell out, I was like, oh, that's fucking. That is, yeah, the stuff of nightmares. When he opens up the cabinet and there's fucking everything in there. Max thought his penis was in there. Yeah, I'm well, pretty it sure it was. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he pulls his ear off. Was it practical disgusting. effects? Yeah. yeah. It just reminded practical. me of the thing. Yeah. They, but a lot more disgusting. Yeah, I think the fly came out a few years after the thing. Mm. They were both the 80s. Yeah. yeah. I I liked the thing. That was a good movie. That's a what? brilliant but, movie. Yeah. Well, John well, Carpenter's. I really hope that we get a, a thing marathon where we can do the first and second. Well, um, that's, John, on, that's on it, isn't it? John Carpenter has a trilogy of horror movies, and one of them is the thing. Yeah, but mm. do you not want to watch the 2011 thing? Not, not particularly. It's not. It's not bad. It's just no. It's not really... bad. But did you hear that they did practical effects yeah, for the whole entire that's thing? That's what I hate. About but it. the the company didn't realise that they had CG'd over everything until they yeah. saw the screening. <laughs> but what that's a, a different movie for a different time. But yeah, the practical effects I thought were really good. I liked the whole. Well, was it when she hit him in the mouth or something? His jaw just fell off. Yeah, she just and grabs him by the jaw and that rips yeah. the whole thing. And off. like when Max said, it looked really painful. Like you can kind of. It it reminded me. Do you know the scene in Wishmaster where they're in like the casino and one of the guys is getting like his skeletons just like ripping out of his body yeah. and becomes its own thing. It just reminded me of what that would feel like having like your body just fucking break inside yeah, it of must itself. have been so painful mm-hmm. but it's jeff goldblum in it probably just yeah. got the infinity stones afterwards and <laughs> clicked his fingers do you think for this role jeff goldblum actually turned into a fly i mean he doesn't even turn into a fly in the movie he can't fly can he like the closest he gets is he jumps through that window which is you know hilarious. What? yeah for a movie called the fly and him taking over a fly what the flies do they fly never once see him fly <laughs> he flew through that window <laughs> You fucking jumped through the window. Yeah, he didn't he even have, have wings at that point. <laughs> I don't think he ever yeah. actually grows fly uh, fly wings. He never like no. fully completes his transformation. No, I like it when like he's. I don't know whether it's because. Do you reckon he kept his consciousness? I don't know because in, in part of the film, doesn't it? he says when the genes splice together, he essentially died, and this new thing was created. That's neither. What's his name? Brendel. Brendel. Nor a fly. Brendel bug. Um, So. He still has this subconscious, but I think his brain's clouded. Yeah. Which would make sense because at the end he points the gun at his own head. She's like, kill me. Um, Was he that great of a guy to begin with, though? Not really. I thought he was kind of an asshole. He did seem like a bit of a cunt. Yeah, I think that's kind of intentional, so you don't like spend the whole film incredibly depressed that this character you loved is going through all this horrible stuff. See, yeah, I and I was thinking the other night, like, at the end of the film, when she goes to shoot him, but then she doesn't, and he like puts the gun to his head, and he's like, kill me! I was like, is that meant to make you feel sad for him? Because he's just been a massive dick throughout the film. And then I thought, no, it's a tough decision on her, because she, she has to kill him, to put him out of his misery, but at the same time, she's having his kid. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, uh, he gets her pregnant. 
what the hell? And he's so mad about it. Like he's, she tries to get an abortion, and because she think it might be part fly. That what a weird, that was like, and kind he stole of her, like yeah. terrifying to me as well. And he, he takes her from it and basically just says, "Please don't kill this baby. It's the only part of me that's left." But it was like it was the she she got pregnant after the transformation, so it's not even part of him. Because it's, it's got the DNA from this fucking weird creature. Yeah, it's it's both his DNA, so yeah, but that would be the baby. Yeah. And that was the baby in the sequel. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if he classed himself at that point as not being the guy or the fly, he's a cross between the two, saying that this is the last thing that's part of me doesn't make sense, because if you don't class yourself as you anymore, and this kid is your DNA... I think it may just be one of those things where they forgot to the fucking lines. No, when he's when he's like feeling great about himself, that's when he's like, "Yeah, I'm this fly hybrid. I'm the old me's dead." But like when he's depressed because the girl he loves is about to kill his baby, that's when he's like, he realizes that he isn't what he wish he was. So maybe. But one thing this film. I wanted to bring up watching this film is the idea of teleportation Mm -hmm. and I heard uh, I was watching a a video on it like a couple weeks ago and it was just talking about how teleportation could actually work if it was theoretically possible or if it was possible sorry and it's like the idea to teleport is to break down every atom in your body down to the smallest thing and convert it to a different place therefore if you go into the teleporter the moment you step in there you're dead what comes out on the other side is not you it's just like he says in the film it's just the computer ones and zeros breaking down everything that is you and then materializing it in another place yeah so when I was thinking of it, when I was like watching the film and thinking of that, it kind of makes sense when he says like it's not him anymore because he died, and it just made me think like how fucking weird would it be to teleport if that was the case? And then there's yeah, this the there's the Stephen King short when he went under like a pen name of when he did the idea of teleportation, and it was like although it's instant for us for the person going through the teleporter, it felt like an eternity, and they came out crazy at the other end. Just a little fun. Fun thing to think of. What else are on your notes, Matt? I've written allegory for disability, question mark. <laughs> what, sorry? Maybe. Once she tries to get rid of the baby, I, I sort of picked up on like a sort of metaphorical thing with like disabilities and how people are sort of looked down on and shunned for it. And here's Jeff Goldblum, the fly, trying to defend his disabled baby, possibly. And he gets killed for it in the end, unfortunately. Um, Just like um, real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know, though, with um, genetic engineering, they can actually get rid of some defects now. Mm-hmm. If you've got the money to pay for it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not entirely sure which ones it is, but I watched a video about, like, has genetic editing gone too far? And there are so many people that are against editing the embryo, but then when you are born you can have plastic surgery you can become transgender again nothing against that but it, you can do it um no one's criticizing criticizing that sure i think it's all about 
it being their decision. Well, to make if a those baby's going to come out disabled, I guarantee you it's going to fucking want to not to. You never know. Some people may just want to live life how they are. Some people don't want to. I don't think anyone wants to decrease the quality of their life. You never know. And yet, Jeff Goldblum's The Fly does. He He's out here wearing the same outfit every goddamn day, dressing like Mr. Bean. <laughs> Here's a question for he's you. He's at the right? same... Oh, yeah. yeah same, he's got, like, was it Gina Davis opens his wardrobe and she's like, what if you got five pairs of the same clothes? And he's like, so I never have to, like, think about choosing. Did yeah. you guys notice, Einstein though, did it. after he went through the teleporter... I think it's like the first or second outfit you see him in is nothing that was in that wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. they abandoned that pretty quick. Or maybe it was a theme. Yeah, a subtle. To be expl- explored. That they did. Maybe. So, yeah. But here's a question for you. So, what's the. There's a disease that you can get, um, and it's inherited. So. If your mum's got it and your dad hasn't got it, there's a 50% chance that you'll have it. Um, and it essentially just kills you slowly. It could happen from the age of 20, could happen from the age of 60. But this is, goes on with the, the idea of disfigurement and deformities and this sort of stuff. So if you and your, your wife want to have a kid, there's a 50% chance that it's go- it is going to gen- like um, genetically... Um, inherit this disease from you and it will kill it but you just don't know when at that point would you choose to have a kid knowing that there's a 50% chance that it's gonna die could be early on in life Um, I think I'd rather adopt at that point yeah what about you if it was gonna turn into a super sick fly monster I'd probably have it we're talking about serious topics Max Talking about the fly, man. <laughs> I'm posing a, a dilemma to you both. This isn't the shit talk podcast. This is the Sunday you know movie what? marathon. I'll save it for that podcast. You're right. Um, mm. What else you got then? Um, I want to talk about the kind of things that I do not like about this movie. <laughs> I'm not crazy about really any of the acting. I think Jeff Goldblum plays the same person in every movie he's in. And it's like funny for an amount of time like in Thor Ragnarok, I like his character in that, or like Jurassic Park or whatever. But then when you see him every other time in every other movie, it's just like, this is the same thing. I've seen, I know what exactly what he's going to do. He's got his like little tricks and he's just does his same voice and that's I've his character. I've uh, only ever seen Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok and the Jurassic Park movies and Independence Day. Even in Independence Day, it was relatively the same character. Yeah. It's always a scientist or... I think it's literally the same with me. I can't think of any other films. He's just been typecast at this point, like RDJ. It's just what Pretty he does much. well, I guess. But I can't even... I I, I don't even know what the... Because I don't watch many movies from the 80s. I don't know what acting was like back then, whether it's evolved now and people have just gotten better by... An, by the the year that we live in because the only sort of 80 movies that I've watched are The Thing which I think the acting was pretty good in and then Rocky the Rocky series which I kind of don't think the acting was very good in no acting was has been the same quality as it is now for years yeah I would say so I like Jeff Goldblum in this film luckily I think he's a very entertaining person so I feel like if you 
get bored of him in everything, you're not going to enjoy him in this. Back onto the acting thing. When he, whenever he was having arguments, or you know, in the, in the scene where he's in the cafe and he's explaining this stuff really fast, and she doesn't get a word in, and um, then he like calls over the waiter, and they don't come over, and he's like, "For fuck's sake," or something. It just cringed me out a little bit. Where he's so monotone. Pardon me. Where he's so monotone and just so dull in how he speaks. I was just like, I can't take this seriously. Yeah. It just mm. made me like really cringe to hear him try and have an argument or sound serious. It's kind of just how he sounds generally, to be fair. Yeah. Although he speaks normally like much more like low volume and seductively. Like I listened to Ooh. a podcast he did with Conan O'Brien, a TV show presenter, and he like just like kept like speaking like this into the microphone and like really seductively style. and stuff. It was really weird. Hey guys, Jeff Goldblum here. But like saying that, sure, I, I don't. I'm not mad about his acting, but he's also like the most entertaining character in this movie yeah. for me yeah well there's not really i wouldn't say there's really many characters in this movie you've got jeff there's goldblum yeah, yeah jeff goldblum the his love in, love interest her ex then you've got the doctor <laughs> yeah the girl he pulled yeah the oh, three yeah, main I mean, characters so yeah so there's not really a, an ensemble cast to sort of um look to her ex isn't good at all he no. was a bit creepy in all fairness like the part that i i didn't really get is when she comes home and he's in her shower <laughs> and it's yeah, just what like, the hell was that i about? understand that yeah it may have been different in the 80s obviously we weren't alive then i so. think it was still weird yeah, i'm sure it was yeah maybe like in people the in the 80s they were just doing that all the time maybe yeah, yeah who knows who knows are oh, she dead i don't think gina davis is that great either what else has she been in um beetlejuice another movie i've not seen it? Probably about it. That's what I think. <laughs> People's Use is a good movie. Um, of course, there's the baboon as well. Ah, yes, Jeff the baboon. baboon shows up for that a bit. Disappeared. Yeah. It just disappears. Yeah, I don't he know what happened to it. the best actor in the film. I reckon he ate the baboon. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe. So, Fashioned his teeth into his own teeth. Yeah. They're fucking falling out, may as well. So, any last words on the fly? Um, I want to say that i did like it but a lot of it felt very corny to me and very silly i didn't like the way it looked like visually and i think oh fucking hell wait till we talk about the piano (laughs) there's like he lives in like this disgusting grimy apartment everywhere like around it is like just muddy and like there's rubbish everywhere or it was all very cluttered because he's in like a science lab or whatever but i don't think it complemented the movie uh in a way that i found to be like visually attractive not in like um like another movie he's done naked lunch which is a lot more vibrant i would say so that sort of didn't really appeal to me i think maybe they were trying to go for like a dark and gritty theme maybe. for this film and yeah. the music as well um who is it howard shaw who did the music yeah. i was like oh howard shaw i didn't like him but even the music sounded a bit too a bit too dramatic for me at times um, for me, I kind of accept a lot of it is very cheesy and over the top, but that's kind of why I really enjoy it. It's I, a good Halloween movie. I'll give it that. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I'd watch it at Halloween. That's why I picked it, because mm-hmm. it's a fun horror movie. That's that, why you picked it, because it's Halloween. Yeah, it's October. October. 
Yeah, We're October is spooky season. Um, uh, how many how many flies out of five would you give it? <laughs> I um, I give it four and a half out of five because it's just a film that four I really really what? enjoy. Flies out of five. Okay. I'm giving it a six out of ten. Six out of ten flies. Why have you just changed the rating system? Because sometimes I do like half stars and I just... Ah, it's yeah. easier to keep it consistent with like a 10 scale right, rating. We'll do, we'll do tens. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought I wouldn't. I probably couldn't watch it like again for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. No, I've not watched it multiple times in a year. No, I could probably, I've probably watch it. I've probably seen it like four or five times throughout my whole life. Yeah, I'd probably watch it probably for three more times in my lifetime and that would be it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it six flies out of ten. Nice, nice. ones. Therefore, your yours would translate to nine flies out of ten. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's about that's right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so the next movie we got is... The Piano. The Pianist. From... No, that's not the a pianist. different movie. It's actually a movie. Yeah. yeah you got The Piano, The Pianist, so. The Piano Teacher, uh, all these piano movies. People just love pianos, I guess. Um, this was Max's choice. It was my choice. I picked it. Um, um, from 1993, directed by Jane Campion. And I was looking through my book called 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. And I chanced upon that. So I wrote it down. And then um, I still wasn't fully decided on it. But the next day I went to... Went into town, um, looked at HMV's selection, and I saw that, and I thought, that's a sign then. So I got it. Oh, did you see it on the list the night before and then see it in the store? Yeah, yeah may as well. I thought, it's fate, isn't it? Do you want a um, synopsis of the movie? Yep, basically, uh, it's in set in 19th century New Zealand. A woman who is... You fucking lied. You said 18th. Yeah, well, I don't know all the facts. 19th century, 1800s, isn't it? So basically, uh, there's a woman called Ada. She is mute and she goes to some... I think it's like an island, but it, it's like a jungly part of like New Zealand. No, it's, New Zealand's an island, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so she goes there with her daughter called Flora, but they never say her name in the movie at all I just learned that from wow I didn't know know, know that no, yeah, yeah to be fair I didn't know her name no so they don't say it but I found out afterwards maybe so that she, maybe that's the point because the mum doesn't say the daughter's name no one knows it maybe, maybe. so yeah she goes her I think her father has found her a suitor in New Zealand played by Sam Neill. Another Jurassic Park Jurassic actor. Park. Yep. And um, so he, she goes there and um, she's very attached to her piano. And this is sort of a means of communication for her. And it sort of starts people being rather upset with her about this piano. And over the course of the movie, she meets Harvey Keitel's character, a man who lives with the native Maori tribe and um slowly things start to uh feelings start to develop between her and harvey Keitel's character um despite her supposing to be married to she cheats on sam, sam neil sam neil gets pissed off yeah so what do we think i've got a fucking issue with her kid so mm-hmm. like max was saying she this this guy trades 
Harvey Weinstein's character changed... <laughs> Harvey Cartel. <laughs> not the trade, same person. Trades land for this girl's piano, which she's not happy about, but Sam Neill does. So he says to her, I'll give you the piano back, a key for every time you come round and play it for me. So she's trying to get this piano back. She ends up falling in love with this guy, fucks him. She's banned from seeing him. So she gives her kid a note to give him. Rather than the kid giving the note to him, she fucks off to Sam Neill's character and shows him after he after he was <laughs> laid under the floorboards while they were banging. Yeah. And it just annoyed me. And then she got upset when her mum got like her finger cut off. And I was like, what do you expect? You just fucking grasped on her. Yeah. It's a slippery slope to that point, I think, that happens very late into the movie. Can you explain what the movie is about? He just I did. <laughs> I just did, man. No, 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 no. Because no. I said I had no idea what the, the meaning of the movie was. Right. What the point was. But you said you've got it noted down. Yeah. I mean, the meaning is tricky i guess it's whatever you interpret from it but the way i saw it was a sort of examination on femininity um on like it was it struck me as very feminist um and an examination of how women were treated in that time and mm. um, obviously the main character ada is mute and i don't think that's a coincidence i think that's um very oh, reminiscent cause... of the way that women were sort of silenced back in those yeah, days. In how them they were. times, they had no voice. Yeah. Fucking hell, Max. And, um, Fair enough. So this piano is um, a big way that she communicates. It's, um, and obviously they end up uh, leaving it on the shore when they arrive. And just this whole time it's on the, the beach. She's like, I need my piano back. She's trying to communicate with... Um, Sam Neill's character, he's sort of wrapped up in his own thing. He's trying to buy land from Harvey Keitel um, and doesn't really pay her much attention. He came off as very... The th- the th- I don't like how this movie tries to portray Harvey Keitel's character as sort of like the good guy in a way. But I think they're both arseholes, um, but Sam Neill is probably the bigger arsehole, I would say. And... Yeah. So he's sort of wrapped up in trying to buy land from the Maori tribe. Um, and so Harvey Keitel is the one who's sort of like a spokesman for them. And he says that he'll trade him the land for the piano. And I think she, Ada gets very upset at this, understandably. And... Um, he doesn't really understand why. He's like, we've all got to make sacrifices, I think he says. you got, like, you live with me now. You're supposed to be... My property. My, my property. And that is how women were sort of seen in those times. And um, so he basically cuts off her only way of communication in a way that he doesn't really understand anyway. So in 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 his eyes, I guess it's like, yeah, well, whatever. It's just a piano, isn't it? It's just... There's a lot, of, matter. a lot of meaning behind this film. Mm-hmm. Chris, did you like it? Yeah, I loved this film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really great. I definitely agree with what I've, a lot of Max was saying about the meaning of it being all about how like women were oppressed and stuff. That's kind of what I was taking away from it. Um, I do think I had a bit of issue with Harvey Keitel's character because I got that they were kind of trying to say that he was the only person like paying her attention and like 
the only person who actually genuinely had feelings for her, but he was still quite rapey. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the whole idea of he used this power, wasn't it? So yeah. he had he ended up taking her piano and um, then started increasing the or shortening the amount of time that she could get it back from by um, progressively getting worse and worse and the stuff that he was asking. So at first it was take your, your top off. Then it was... It was like he was lying on the floor and he said, lift your skirt up. And there's like a bit where there's like a hole in her tights and he just sort of touches yeah. the hole. And that's like back in those days in the 19th century, it's like people would go mad for women's ankles and yeah. all that. So even just like the tiniest bit of flesh is like such a turn yeah. on. To and there's the bit where days. he like tells her to take her top off so he could just see her arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then rub her shoulders. And then there was the the... I just want to lie naked next year. Yeah. Which they did. First, he says, I just want to lie down. How many keys is that going to cost? And I think it was what, two, two keys to lie down, just to lie down. Oh, 15 and then to lie down naked. It was 10 to lie naked. No, no, it was 15. She went there, didn't she? I've seen it twice. Both it's hands. 10. She went five on one hand and then five on the other and then flashed up all... 10 together and he said ah yes 10 and um I don't know where I was going (laughs) I kind of thought that the reason why she fell in love with him was kind of like a Stockholm syndrome sort of thing so then when mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's what we were talking about so then when it got to the bit like right at the end when she like attaches her leg when they throw the piano into the water Mm -hmm. I was like oh that's a pretty fitting end because it's not really a happy story but then they go in a completely different ending with it yeah I read up on this director Jane Campion did not want this ending no she wanted the whole her dying with her piano I don't know what she wanted Um, I just know that this was not the ending that she wanted and I get that I mean the ending didn't wasn't like the best in my opinion I would have preferred it probably if she had died yeah that's what I was thinking I was like when she was like going down with the piano, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is a pretty good ending." But then when they left it very ambiguously, whether like she did die or whether she had a happy life without the piano with yeah. Harvey Keitel, well, I think that's she... where I was just kind of like, "Yeah, this kind of just ruined the ending for the film." I think she me. did survive because she says in the closing monologue that sometimes she does envision herself back there, and I I would agree. I thought the ending. By the fact that she just wanted to kill herself and leave her kid with some random bloke that she had known for a week or so, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a little bit odd if she literally... Because then she would have cared more about this piano than she did her kid. And yeah. that would have been a little bit like, what? Um, but I, I thought it was like a, a metaphor for her killing her old self, which is why at the end she said she started it was trying to learn to speak yeah. so she could have another form of communication because the one that she did have and that piano was tainted. And maybe it was the fact that when they were on the boat, she threw it over. It was just her leaving her old self behind. She didn't want that type of life anymore. So she just yeah. wanted to be a little bit more happy. But at the same time, like you said, Harvey's character was a bit of a prick, real arsehole. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're getting at, but I just, for me, I didn't think it really fit no. the rest of the film. What, what what would you have chosen for the ending, both of you? I think it would have been much better if she if she did die, 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because then it would have been... But then at the same time, the only thing that I can't get over is her kid was there. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think I don't, I don't I'm not one to say like you probably should have done this shouldn't you for the ending because it's not my movie no no, no. what would your per, what would your ending ending perhaps, would have been to finish off the story that you maybe have, would have wanted so she says throw out the piano what she she does uh, yeah. sign languages to it uh, to them you can talk she says, uh fuck uh, <laughs> damn it um but she says yeah throw out the piano and they do throw it out eventually and then she puts her foot in like the loop of the rope that's going down with it and maybe i would have just like cut when her foot was like in the rope and then maybe just showed the piano at the bottom of the ocean with like maybe a rope hanging up like upwards and then that you don't know whether she's on it but it's just there so so you can yeah, it could have left yeah. it like, did she or didn't she? Yeah, yeah, that would have been really good, to be fair, because then yeah. it would have left um, open for discussion. But it's like a way for her to, like you said, cut off her old life, because this piano has been like sort of a crutch for her, I think. She's relied on it quite a lot, and um, it's been the source of like so much like comfort for her, but also um, arguments with basically everyone else that comes into contact with it but then she left with the guy that basically groomed her <laughs> yeah I mean, that that does annoy me i'll be honest mm. it does annoy me and it sort of annoyed me less on the second watch but it still sort of got to me a little bit um yeah what well, you're ending chris what would you have would you have agreed with max and, yeah, yeah yeah i think that would have been really good. good did you guys know that kurt cobain saw this movie one day before committing suicide well that's probably fucking why <laughs> Max, yeah. he didn't commit suicide. <laughs> that is true. He was murdered by Courtney Love. Mm. Yeah. Kurt Cobain was fucking murdered. Here's something I found from like the beginning. Chris has seen this movie. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I um, thought that was very reminiscent of like the beginning scene in this where they're on like the water. And like this movie looks stunning, by the way. I thought it looked beautiful. Oh um, and yeah, I, do, I thought probably Celine Scammo directed a portrait of a lady on fire took quite a bit of inspiration from this uh, yeah. much in the visuals and like a bit with the story as well I think yeah I was thinking the whole film that there was a lot of like visual parallels that I could think between the two movies yeah and also in a way that it's all set in like only a handful of locations has almost kind of a claustrophobic sort of feel yeah and how it's just set across this small <coughs> island I think I yeah. really liked that about the film. But yeah, Portrait did that also. Mm. I think I want to go back on the Maori tribe. They, they're like a constant in the film and Harvey Keitel sort of speaks for them. And I think Sam Neill's character sort of looks at them with about as much, I don't want to say disdain, but like, it sort of is towards uh, them as much he also, respect a lot of, for them as yeah, he does for his wife for Ada, yeah because he he also can't understand them he needs an interpreter and um there's a scene when flora the little girl played by anna paquin who i think does a really great job um playing that character is playing with the maori children as well and he comes up to her and she's like hugging the trees just like them and he's like you 
don't ever do that. Do not ever do that again. It's like not becoming of you. And then he makes her wash the trees, I think, with like soap and water. Fucking hell. And it's like, you're, you are such an asshole, man. I hate this guy. I was going to say, I don't think he was as much of a dick as that Harvey guy's character. But Harvey was a bit of a rapist. This guy was a bit of a racist. Yeah, I think kind of what they were trying to go for with Harvey's character was that he just, he didn't really understand how to interact with women. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of got the idea that maybe he didn't know that doing things like that were wrong because he'd never really interacted with women and like yeah. who he had feelings for, who he was attracted to. He kind of grew up in this place where men dominated women and if you tell a woman undress i want to bang you you can get your way i kind of thought that was probably why he acted the way a lot of it back in them times well wasn't it like matt said like women were just treated as property Mm -hmm. rather than valued as an individual but there's there's that that chris was saying and i get it to an extent but it's also it doesn't stop him being a creep for me he tries to play like the victim when he like she won't lie down with him and just he keeps like touching her and she doesn't want it and i'm like maybe that's sort of a symptom of the time that it was made in like 1993 maybe it was a little bit more acceptable back in those times but now we live in like the age of like the hashtag me too movement and it's it it grinds on me a little bit more because of like everything that we we have uh, for reference in like 2020, I think the experience non covered. Yeah, um, yeah. I I kind of felt like he was. Uh, they were trying to play him as, or he was trying to play himself as a victim at some point. So like, mm-hmm. when he was like coming in and moping around his bedroom, and she was trying to talk to him, and he was just like, or like take the piano, blah blah. And I was like, yeah. I genuinely don't know what they're trying to make us feel for this character because he's mm-hmm. done some pretty appalling stuff. Yeah, and. It's almost as, um, so, how can I describe this? So, you know when, like, um, you do something wrong at home or something, and then you just, like, act all mopey or something to try and lessen the 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 punishment or whatnot you're getting from your parents to make it look like you are sympathetic for what you've done. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the feeling that he was going for that, like he was just acting really moody and that sort of behaviour to either get a sim- something, some form of sympathy from, um, what was her name again, sorry? The Ada. Ada, that's the one, um, from her, or, like Max said, try to play himself out as the victim. And, um, yeah, it just, it's like, what? <laughs> How on earth are you going to do that? Yeah, it's like, the, that's also ties into, like, the concept of, like, femininity and, um, the way women are treated as well back in those days there's like a scene when they're waiting on the beach where um they have to wait for um sam neil to pick them up and they use i don't know what's called like the dress frame as a tent as a tent and i thought that was like obviously women back in those days were just like like meant to be like seen and not heard and like this this sort of visual representation of a woman using what she's got um practically was sort of like rebellious in its own way i thought there was a lot of um a lot of that in this movie as well um with like the tent like i say and um 
just how she acts towards other people as well. There's like there's a lot of people in this movie, but it also feels very small scale. And well, there's a lot of people because of the what they call the Maori Maori tribe. Yeah, I think the only sort of real characters you get anything from that develop a character and a personality are Florence, Ada, Sam Neill's character, and that Harvey um, whatnot's character. Baines. Uh, is that what his name is? Yeah, his last name. I think all the acting is really, really good in the film. I liked yeah. the kid kids acting. And yeah, she was really good. Rogue. Sam, yeah, Sam Neill, unlike Jeff Goldblum, who's another actor from Jurassic Park, this, this Sam Neill's character, I've never seen him act anything like this, so it was really yeah. refreshing to see him go outside of... I think the only things that I've seen him in, though, are Jurassic Park 4-2, mm-hmm. um, as a brief cameo. And I don't think I've seen Sam Neill in anything else other than them. He was great in Hunt for the Wilder People. Right. Film directed by Taika Waititi. Okay. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot he was in that. Yeah, I do. Plays the dad, doesn't he? Maybe I just need yeah. to watch more Sam Neill films, but I, I did like his acting in it. I think he yeah. betrayed a very creepy, angry man. I thought it was kind of interesting how both Sam Neill and Anna Paquin are New Zealand actors mm-hmm. playing British characters. Sam Neill, New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was interesting that they had them two playing British characters and then Harvey Keitel playing a New Zealand character, even though he's American. Yeah. But that was kind of a interesting thing that they did. Anna Paquin was great, like I said. Yeah. I like the bit where she's like trying to get the dog out from under the house. She's like poking it with a stick. She's like... Get out of there! I think get out of there, doggy! Come on! Mute. And then like she's like holding it in like the rain. She's like, "Oh, poor doggy! What mean person will let you out in the rain like this?" Yeah. She was great. She's so great. She yeah. definitely deserved the Oscar that she got for this film, which is pretty crazy oh, considering how yeah. young she was. How yeah. old was she? Nine. Yeah. I think. Oh, her! Mm-hmm. I thought you were about the no, the adult no, no. actor. Yeah, she was good as well. She also got an Oscar, but yeah. the young girl got best supporting actress yeah mm-hmm. made us some dumb decisions in the movie but yeah i you... mean there's like when she tells sam neil about uh ada's message to uh baines i i kind of get it i get why she's doing it there's like a part when um they're in the tent at the beginning where she tells ada i'm not going to call him papa and then like, towards the end she starts gradually calling him papa and i'm like this has happened because ada has sort of neglected her for uh bane tarvey Keitel's character for the, yeah and to get the piano so back in that way it's a bit more i understand it a bit more when she goes to sam neil and um gives him the piano key do you know what maybe saying that because i didn't think of the whole her neglecting her child for this piano thing because when you think about it, the amount of time that you see her and baines together and not the child maybe mm. it makes a lot more sense now that she would have like killed herself with this piano because yeah. maybe she did care about it. maybe it's everyone in this movie other than the child was flawed in some way mm-hmm. there's yeah because when she's like having the lessons as it were she shuts uh flora outside, outside she, and yeah. flora's like come on can i just come in i won't look at him I, i'll just stand in the corner and he's like no you gotta stay out here and there's like obviously the, a reason for that looks through the holes when they're but of it, that makes it a, um makes it more understandable when she does what she does yeah and unfortunately spoiler alert 
I mean, she is just a you kid. Should have said spoiler alert. Like <clears throat> no, Max wrote it in the description, so if they yeah, don't I've read it, it's their fault. <laughs> I hope so, but it's it, maybe not. But okay, um, yeah, it makes it a bit more understandable. And obviously, she doesn't understand the full weight of telling uh, Sam Neil about the piano key, but she does it anyway. She's like, um, I thought maybe it wasn't proper to give this to Baines and then un- unfortunately that ends in Ada getting her finger cut off Maybe. which is also sort sorry that's sorry, also sorry. sort of reminiscent of um, there's a parallel between the piano key that's been taken out of the piano and her finger that's been cut off as well so it's sort of like I saw it as the piano key is like the key to her heart because she writes like you had my heart on it and then she gets her finger cut off it's sort of, that that I like that parallel Maybe the fact that she was the kid was neglected, and Sam Neil was conditioning her not to act like the um, tribe people. Maybe that's why she did what she did. <clears throat> Maybe she was just conditioned from it to to think that was the right thing to do. Yeah, obviously he gets to spend a lot more time with her. Yeah, um, when Ada's doing the lessons. As I well. think the kid fucking hated him after he cut off her finger, though. Oh god, yeah, yeah probably. But um. If it's any consolation, Max, I liked this film more than I liked Midsummer. That's fine. <laughs> but I will say though, I mean, you acting is very fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So I will give her props just because you could see the emotion she was trying to convey. Just even in um, so you know when he Sam Neill's character says that he's getting given the piano for land, she starts signing to him before she decides to write down. It you could I I really liked how rather than how she usually signed it was a lot more aggressive and she starts forceful. tearing down like the, the clothes as well the clothes and everything yeah um because there's like an actor in like the boys the show that me and max watched that only communicates through sign language as well mm-hmm. and um i think acting's hard enough as it is let alone yeah. trying to convey acting in for sure stuff like that yeah it's definitely. like the character from Watchmen. um who's the guy that plays the he's in Friday the Thirteenth the remake. Do you mean Nightmare on Elm Street? The guy who plays Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rorschach. Rorschach. Yeah, his face is covered up throughout the majority of the movie, so his acting is conveyed only through speech yeah. and his actions. I got a lot of respect for actors who sort of have to deprive a, themselves of like a sense. Yeah, you know, and then still still do a good job. So like I, I Charlie did, Cox in like Daredevil, he's supposed to be blind. He looks like a blind man in that. Yeah, I like the fact the subtle things where, um, where like people are talking to him and he is actively looking away mm-hmm. because obviously blind people wouldn't make um, wouldn't make eyesight. Which I think in one of the Fantastic Four movies, one of the girls is meant to be blind. She's just looking people in the eye. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. No, for sure. There's a couple other things that I had noted down that I wanted to talk about before we move on. Um, what did you say? Fuck off. <laughs> I know Connor didn't like um, the colouring in the film, mm-hmm. but I... I thought all the visuals in the film, in terms of the colouring, the shot composition, as well as like the set design and costumes, I thought it was all really beautiful mm-hmm. and well done. Did you like the colouring, though? Yeah, I thought it was really I, good. I don't, know, uh, the only, I don't know why there were parts where you could blatantly tell there was a blue and orange filter on some of the shots and the only reason I imagine there's a blue filter on some of those shots is because they recorded during the day and they had to make it look like night I'm not sure I Um, I think it's more just to 
had like a nighttime sort of feel. I think it was still probably shot at night. But it depends because if the little girl was in it, then they have to have like a certain, the way that yeah. child labor act like laws are, they can only act at certain yeah. times of the day. Which so is why I'm thinking that it's, it's possible. It's meant to, yeah. Because, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I just really maybe it's maybe it was representing something that something's happening on screen. See, I can't see properly, so maybe mm. I missed something. I think mm. it was to kind of add a coldness to the film. Yeah, but then yeah. what? What are the shots with uh, what? So the orange shots are meant to be some warmth. But there was still bad stuff going on. The there. orange stuff was because the rooms were all lit by candlelight. Mm. That's what but it was I also like it was. outside as well. Yeah. I think just like sunset. Um, I. Back in like the nineteen ninety three, probably they couldn't. I don't know what technology was like back then. I wasn't born, so I don't know what they had to work with. But for me, when it just randomly went from one shot and cut to another one, and there's just this blue filter and tint over everything, it, I was it just I was like it just really put me off. So I don't get it. Why yeah. is it there? I'm not sure. Um, it didn't really annoy me all that much. Um, I kind of liked just it. Questions, even. but like I watched like if you watch like the first james bond movie there's like a scene in there where they're like on a boat and you can tell they've just lowered the brightness it's like <laughs> yeah. filmed in like bright daylight but it's just darker they've done so it in post-production one of the things i really hate about watching the first four movie is the overuse of i don't know what the camera angle's called where they do it from like dutch down, angles dutch angle the overuse yeah. of that yeah it's awful <laughs> and it was just the same thing like unless it's put there for a specific reason it just draws you out of it. I feel like it probably was put there for a reason. Yeah, maybe. Just none of us know that reason. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find it out. Max has a million notes, can't give us the answer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if there's like a commentary track or something on the Blu-ray, that could tell you. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not, I haven't watched any, it Anything yet. else you wanted to touch on? Um, I think we went over everything. All right, Max. The music. Actually, no, yeah, the music. Gorgeous. Yeah, I kind of... Thought, was thinking that the music as it progresses like as the film progresses the music that the character plays it gets a little bit more depressing and starts mm-hmm. sounding less hopeful than it did at the beginning yeah. of the film makes sense with max's um saying that it's her form of communication it wouldn't yeah. make sense wouldn't it i really like, like that aspect <sighs> it's just those subtle things isn't it that that people do in movies and you're like yeah holly hunter the girl uh, the woman who plays ada has apparently been playing the piano since she was nine years old. Yeah. So a lot of what we see her playing is actually her playing. Yeah, I and I, really I love good. that it's so good. Yeah, it's like in um, Amadeus how oh, yeah. everyone plays every single note perfectly in that film. Mm-hmm. It's all the actual actors playing piano. It's crazy. Guy like plays the piano upside down. Yeah. It's insane, insane piano playing in that as well. And uh, there's a few quotes that I've thought was were quite interesting this is one of the quotes yeah <laughs> it's, it's all from the uh, maori people there's um a part where they're on the boat at the end and um the guy goes the piano's a coffin and that's sort of very emulative of like the last shot um mm. or like one of the last shots when she's on in the water with was the piano the it's Maya- sort of like her death in maori a way maori people what are they called again maori maori that was all subtitled wasn't it yeah. So I missed a big yeah. part whenever they talked because I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. read it. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe There's I also a part where uh, one of them says, when they hold the piano key after 
Sam Neill's gone ape shit. He gives it to them. And they hold it. It's been detached from the piano. And they just go, it's lost its voice. It can't sing. Ooh, and wow. this is... I was like, wow, that's a really powerful line. Yeah, that one resonated with me as well. Mm-hmm. And because there's like a part like before when like they're transporting the piano and they're trying to play the piano in, in quite an aggressive way, but it's also a, a way that sort of says to me that they're trying to learn um, like a, a foreign instrument in a way that probably Sam Neill's character just wouldn't bother with. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more tolerance with them. They they made an effort. He mm. didn't, did he? But music is universal, a language that everyone can understand, no matter what yeah. language, country, or ethnicity. <coughs> Ethni- ethnicity, ethnicity yeah, uh, yeah that you uh come from absolutely so chris how many well how many pianos would you give this out of 10 <laughs> i'd give this um i'd probably go nine again nine <laughs> literally i probably would have given it a 10 if it wasn't for the ending and the kind of sketchiness of harvey Keitel's character not yeah. really being sure what his motivation was but i feel like maybe i'd change my mind on second viewing but mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I have seen this movie twice now. Um, it was a 7 out of 10 the first time. Watched it a second time. Now it's an 8 out of 10 for me. I really love it. I'm going to give this a back smack bang 5 pianos out of 10. Awesome. Yeah, we kind of just established that this isn't Connor's sort of film. Maybe if I could read everything, and I had my glasses where I could <sighs> properly see everything. Maybe. And watched it a second time, maybe. But the film was just really slow. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm like so impatient and just like so much shit needs to go on at once for me to somewhat be entertained and yeah it's a slow burner maybe it's a film for smart people and i'm just well, not one of them i remember like towards the end like when things start kicking off you were like now it's getting interesting <laughs> there's like oh obviously like the part where she gets her finger cut off oh fucking go on go on that Sam. was like terrifying to me yeah. I was like, oh my god yeah. what a scene oh. it doesn't react at all to it it's just like all in I, I did like the fact face. that when he cut it off and she just nothing no whimpers no, no screams no nothing she just like stared yeah and sat down and that was it she was silent a piece of her was missing just like the piano there we go and that brings us on to the last film of the trilogy which was oh boy. go ahead <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this there's Red Dawn this is a remake of a film that was made ages ago 2012 directed by Dan Bradley the only movie he's ever directed yep so that film is a remake of some of that was made in the, the olden 80s. times in the 80s so what um, happens in this so movie so essentially North Korea works with Russia to invade the US by taking out all of their electronics through a new EMP device that they've made they successfully do it in some in the majority of the states and then a group of kids in the state that the film is set in rebel back call themselves the wolverines and fight back against wolverines! against korea <laughs> only after only one training montage I was surprised that there wasn't two um so the film stars or the notice, noticeable actors of the film are um chris emsworth what's his name you Josh said Chris Pe- Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. All right, okay. Um, Josh Peck and Jeffrey D. Morgan. I think that's his Jeffrey name. Epstein. Yeah. No, Chris. The nonces were in the last movie. I would um, have enjoyed this movie more if there were nonces in it. It would have been more entertaining. So the first time I watched this film was actually in 2012 mm-hmm. on Netflix, of all things. Um, 
and I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I regretted picking the movie about 20 minutes into it. <laughs> I picked it more because it was nostalgia factor. And when I was scrolling through um, Netflix, it was on there. And I was like, I haven't seen that in a while. That would be a good movie. Have any of you two seen it? Oh, you know, you said you did yeah, see it. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema when it came out. And I think me and my group of friends were the only people in the theatre. Yeah. Um, you've never seen it, have you? So you've got a lot of notes on this, Judas. So do you want to kick it off? Um... It was just shit. Yeah, it's not good. Is yeah, it? <laughs> it, it was. Uh, it you have to. T- <laughs> yeah, it's it's the thing that I didn't get about the film is there's a part in it where it's like maybe thirty minutes into it, thirty five minutes into it, where they have maybe a day of training. It's just literally one little training montage of them fighting, shooting cans, bearing on shooting cans, and then they go to rob more guns. And just all these kids that have never seen anyone die, killed anyone, kill these guards mm-hmm. with no remorse, and it's shown no PTSD, no traumatic experience. There's nothing. Like, a, like a couple of people go like, "Oh man, I can't believe I just did that." There's just and one, like it. yeah, one kid who's from the actor from Hunger Games. I don't know what his name is. Josh Hutcherson. That's the one who hesitated in shooting, but then ended up shooting. And, and upwards yeah. and like the film progresses from these kids having no Chris ignored the part where Chris Hemsworth character said that he was in the Marines so Chris was like I have no idea how he's got all this experience <laughs> it's in the beginning of the film but I it the, my brother spent what a year training to be in the army and I think one of my brothers only went over to Afghanistan once for a short period of time so I didn't think it was realistic in terms of how these kids, these teenagers who were still in school, could do the things that they did and have no ramifications whatsoever. Yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. make sense how all of them could perfectly fire a gun without like the weight and power of it affecting them in any way. Like there's those two really skinny girls who use RPGs at one point. They're perfectly <laughs> no recoil. And like, it's like amazing doesn't actors. explain how any of them like are really good when it comes to like tactics and knowing exactly when to show their heads and hide and stuff mm-hmm. like that like stuff that you genuinely would need like lots of training to be able yeah. to do so when chris hemsworth's character dies and then like max said chris hemsworth being just <laughs> went on to josh peck because <laughs> he just went from like nothing to being a badass and i was like mm, when he was like uh, get on my ass or something he's like uh, as soon as you get out of here you haul ass or whatnot. and I'm just like uh. Chris Hemsworth's American accent is terrible in this yeah that was oh, my first American. I couldn't tell whether he was what accent he was doing <laughs> yeah that's why so it, it was like very- sometimes it was kind of American sometimes it was like a little too Australian I yeah. think that's why in every film since then he's just done his normal accent bearing yeah. in mind though this was I think this was shot either the year of it was i think it was filmed as four was coming out yeah back then i think chris hemsworth was a no-name actor back then um whereas opposed to now i don't think that was his type of movie because i watched extinction as well and i didn't extraction sorry Mm -hmm. and i didn't really like that as well Mm -hmm. although chris hemsworth is a very good action star wouldn't well very good action movies I don't think that type of action, though. Yeah. I feel like he just... Any movie that's pitched to him, 
that means he has to, he, he he can hold a gun. He'll just do it. Yeah, like the greatest film ever made, Men in Black International. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck me, me and Chris yeah. went to see that, and that was awful. <laughs> the second movie that I wanted to walk out of. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't, to be honest. Well, I can't wait for us to get another free-for-all so I can choose Cure for Wellness. Oh, I don't think I could stomach I th- it. I think we need, like, a ban list of films <laughs> for this thingy. Yeah. Um, just so we know to avoid. Obviously, so the film starts, and then, like, five minutes in, maybe. Like, no, don't even bother trying to introduce us to any characters. Yep. Josh Peck's there. He's trying to be a badass, but he can't really pull it off. He's just, like like kind of a mopey teenager sort of guy with like his eyes half closed and his hair slicked yeah. back or whatever and then like all of a sudden North Korea invade and they're just plunged into this massive explosion fest and like the editing I hate the editing in this yeah. movie it is so bad this movie is a 12 rated movie and you don't see a drop of blood in it I don't think no and <laughs> not even just... when the dad's executed no. <laughs> which is another thing so like Max was saying, when Korea invades, a plane blows up their neighbours. No reaction. Mm-hmm. Their dad gets shot in the head. Other than one scene where you see Josh Peck's character try to run, M- Matty try to run towards him, mm-hmm. and it, like so after that shot, the only time you ever see it is where they're like, "What do you? What do you miss?" And he just starts smiling. It's like walks off. The yeah. special effects in that scene where the planes all come over and start like crashing into houses are so bad Terrible. as well. Mm. I hate like the editing and also like the camera movements when they start invading. It's just like static held shots, and I just couldn't help thinking about you know that um, scene in like Avengers: Infinity War where the the spaceship comes down and then it's just like this tracking sh- long tracking shot where you see Robert Downey Jr. just like going around the corner out of yeah. the building and then that you just see people running past him. There's nothing like that in this movie. There's no thought to it. No. There's like no one put any thought into this movie. They're just like, like, what's the message of this movie? That's what I wrote. What's the message of this movie? And all I could come up with was, uh, America. America, America great. But you, you're talking about that shot from um, Avengers Infinity War. You think they both try and do the same thing by putting you in the action because they're both centred on one of the main characters going through the city are experiencing what's happening around them mm-hmm. you're down on there with, with them to yep. try and put you in it Avengers Infinity War did that really fucking well Red Dawn didn't <laughs> Red do Dawn you was... feel connected to any one of these characters but then again you do have like nine years worth of emotional attachment to these movies in the MCU so it may sway you I think even if you didn't even if you went into Infinity War knowing none of the characters you'd still Feel, yeah, you'd still connect yeah. and understand the characters better because those characters actually have life and are played by actors who are really great but in this there's, film there's just nothing the yeah. characters are all the most cookie cutter characters possible there's no character development either no, no. other than them just getting a, like master grade like the end of the film as well where none of them have any real military experience the only one that did is dead and the other the other two military guys that are actually part of the marines currently fuck off in a helicopter and in the end of the film you see a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. that have been trained by someone who's only had a day's worth of training attacking a compound of trained Korean soldiers and they're wiping them out and you're like this doesn't make sense because you would not be able to do that do they explain what happened to the US Army at the beginning uh 
not in the beginning, but because they they had the whole EMP thing, they weren't able to communicate. So the army was probably just rendered useless because they didn't know where to deploy the troops or what to do. But that's a thing. Surely it'll like, be reported upon. Like well, if, if it's an report. EMP, there is no TV. Yeah, but all the electronics gone. What about when they go home? Get home, watch TV. What do you What do you mean? The electronics are gone. So it wiped out like all of America. Well, I don't know so. if all of America or whether it's just certain parts. <laughs> okay. But but this is the thing. No, they don't explain, Chris. Not one no. bit. Why the one thing I I've was, always thought of? Why isn't the army there? Yeah, that's what I was spending the whole film mm. like. I why think, are these teenagers taking it into their own? I think hands? the only explanation you get is when they when the salt marine soldiers when so um came and met the the fucking wolf. <laughs> <laughs> a group of people Wolverines. and um, they went so where's their army and then they're like oh yeah the EMP like, yeah, yeah. I, I I always try and put us in that situation like if we were invaded by like, Korea or something I'm like I'm pretty sure the army would just fuck them up yeah but, the, but then the, the big issue of that is where the EMP did take out a lot of their military uh, technology they couldn't shoot planes down because they didn't have um, sonars to track them so by the time the whole North Korea army was in America it's probably hard to get your troops back into America to fight something that's been well guarded I'm sure in real life they would have backup measures in case there were was an EMP most, strike yeah most mm. probably they most probably do um, the, the structure of this movie is horrendous like what what happens in this movie other than North Korea invade and they just got to, you know train and shoot at them I guess and like there's like a sequence where they go and they shoot at them and they leave and then they go back and they shoot some more and then the ending it's just them shooting at them still and there's like there's no point where there's like some sort of a plot twist or like they nobody put any thought into the the, the structuring and pacing of this movie and like maybe we should have something Man, like actually happen there is a plot twist oh yeah Crim's, Chris Hemsworth dies Crim's Hemsworth Crim's Hemsworth <laughs> yeah that, yeah you're probably right that was like they he were was like, about oh, to go drink his then, beer with his new girlfriend yeah, they're never going to expect this are they and then he dies he gets shot through the head no blood though yeah whatever I when, think there's like a tiny little drop uh, yeah, yeah. But even, yeah but when he's like saying like when Josh Peck's character is like rubbing his head saying goodbye there's no exit wound in no. his head there's no blood over his head I remember when we were watching it when it got to that scene where they were having a heart to heart I was on my phone and you told me to get <laughs> off my phone I was like it's the end of the film you were like no it's not and I was like oh well Chris Hemsworth is clearly gonna die in a second yeah I just that's thought it was so well. predictable that's what I was thinking I'm like alright it's the end of the film now and it keeps going on and that happened about like three times and then like the one time where I thought it wasn't going to end it ended yeah <laughs> It ends so abruptly in the end. Yeah, yeah, where they're just attacking the compound, but I think I need to choose better films the next time. I liked it when I was 16. Mm. Yeah. Going back mm. to what you were talking about, the the camera earlier on, I think later on in the film, it has the complete opposite problem where the camera won't stop moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's very representative of that time where every action movie had really bad, like, shaky camera. Mm. I think. It, do you I think it's also, it. like, an excuse to sort of mask the violence a bit as well because yeah. they are operating under a 12 rating and I don't even think that's like an excuse though because you do see movies um, with 12 ratings that do depict violence so much better than this it's it's terrible to look at with, along with like the bland storytelling and the forced emotional struggle between 
Jed and Matty. It's awful, man. What? It's terrible. Classic names. Like, what do they even say? He's like... Do you ever find out what Jed's real name is? Because definitely just Jed. not Jed. Jedward? Yeah. <laughs> Probably Jedward. <laughs> the acting is really bad as well. Yeah. I like Josh Peck, but this is not the type of role that he can play. Nah, he can no. play comedic roles, and no, that's about no. it. You want about watching him in ATM as well. I can't He's remember. He's awful. That, yeah. Film. I, I think... I l- obviously I like him in Drake and Josh. I think we all do. He was also in a Fuck me, brother. He was in a film that came out just before Drake and Josh called Mean Creek, I think it is. Is that when he's like on the boat and he starts swearing about <laughs> yeah. mental people? He just goes, Clyde, you're a fucking cunt at one point. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, he plays like this bully. Um, it's like a drama where he plays this bully who has no friends because obviously he's a bully and like one of the kids he bullies is like I think we need to take him out on a boat and like teach him a lesson. So they're like, hey, do you want to come hang out with us? And he's like, I-, I actually have friends now. And he's like being really nice to him all day. And then it he snaps and in retaliation, they murder him. Do they actually? Yeah, it's like God. halfway they, through the they film. They drown they, him? Yeah, they kick him off the boat and he drowns. Or and then he the, swim? No. That's and then the rest easy. of the film is them like, coming to terms with the fact that they've just killed someone Probably it's really fucked fatty sinks but yeah he plays, in this movie though is there he plays pretty much a comedic role in that and he does it really well so i think that's just what he can do not action roles. so as we've established this was a very poor movie yeah how many chris hemsworth out of 10 are you going to give it are we chris? really not done talking about this fucking movie i really want to i just <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to carry on yeah i mean i want to talk about the morality of it what the fuck what do you it's mean so the black and white. It? it's so black koreans and white. are invading like, they've koreans got a- bad north okay here's one thing that i did find out the the um originally the enemy was supposed to be china but they they had to go back on it in post-production change it to North Korea yeah, so they, could they didn't put it- want it to affect the China box office yeah mate that's, that's so does that that's- mean there are Chinese actors playing North Korean people I fucking I told know. you I don't, I no, don't know but that's exactly what happened with, that's what happens with a lot of um, mm-hmm. movies that go to China yeah. a lot of stuff I think there's been like, movies where scenes have been changed specifically for the China Chinese it's region it's like Disney they always have recently over the last few years they've been putting in gay characters into their films but they've put them in in such a small way that they can go hey we've got a gay character in our film but remove it for Chinese audiences yeah like that film Onward the new Pixar film yeah there's a character who literally says that she's got a girlfriend and obviously that's just one line they can cut out Rise of Skywalker has two girls kissing at the end in like a shot that lasts two seconds so they can cut that out Captain Marvel in the comics in the MCU is a gay character I just assumed she was watching the film to be honest oh really yeah I've the chemistry between her and her mate yeah, that has oh, no, I kid. think they were just good mates. No, I kind of felt it was more than that. What she fancied her and her mate didn't. No, I just now that she got superpowers. I thought they had a thing that they don't talk about. I don't know, maybe. Who, who knows? But yeah, she's she's they fucking doled that down for the yeah. Chinese audience, didn't they? I was that- thinking about like the Hunger Games that I watched recently, and I thought even that has more to say about like corruption in a system of government than this fucking movie does. I don't think this movie even tried to say anything about that. It just wanted to be a badass action movie. I think this was just about a what if if Korea did invade. Well, China did invade initially. Then it would be black and white. They're the bad guys invading our home turf. 
I've, fuck them up. I've not watched the original, but I've heard, I think it is much more politically driven. Mm. But I think a lot of it is still just cheesy yeah. 80s action movie. They didn't even try. But the villains and that are Russians. Yeah, you get the little um, nod to that, the Russian spetsnavs in this movie, but yeah. it's like three characters and that's it. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed it, whether I was just going insane, but there was multiple shots where it looked like there was just loads of really thin black lines going across the whole screen. <laughs> really? I didn't know if it was like a problem with Max's TV oh, or no, definitely Netflix not. or Vertical what. Vertical that way. Yeah. Probably, because my TV has that with everything. But it, it wasn't every shot. It was just random shots. Oh, it would just happen know. every once in a while. I couldn't see the movie properly, to be fair, Chris. Yeah. My TV is pristine. Must have been the movie. Well, why do you want to get a new one then? Bigger. Yeah, but your dad said this one has a black line for it. <laughs> he might be lying, though. It would be like oh, this I really don't film want Max all the to have time. This TV. <laughs> There's also some great lines in the movie, like "We're living in COD." Yeah, he says "We're living in Call <laughs> of Duty." Call of Duty. That's um, what he says. Max is he made down. My favorite line in this whole movie is when they say, "Marines don't die; they just go to hell and regroup." It's like, like, oh my god, classic <laughs> cheesy lines. Or the whole, "Hey, Pete." Oh, yeah, obviously, he just, like, stands there with his middle finger up, waiting for the explosion yeah, to Yeah, for, like, off. 20 seconds <laughs> to stand. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then he just, like, shouts, it's the wolver, and then blows up. <laughs> it was, it's I the think, I think that's meant to be a sort of um, a feel-good moment that he betrayed them, and then he fucking died, but you just can't yeah. help but think, what? Why would you? Why would you, when you're being invaded by another country, just walk out to put your middle finger up at someone? Yeah. Fucking shoot him! Uh, fuck this movie! I hate yeah, this, this movie. movie. Was pretty bad. I promise I'll pick a good one next. <laughs> Actually, no. Fuck it. You guys have picked shit movies the last few times. I had to sit through a, a, a music video that lasted an hour. Your robot video. Oh yeah. So, that's that then. Red Dawn bad i'm yeah. gonna give this two red dawns out of ten no chris hemsworth two chris hemsworths out of ten <laughs> i'm gonna give it three only because it had an attractive blonde in it <laughs> nice um i'll <laughs> yep give it a two i guess Ooh, two uh, lowered his rating he has yeah i gave it a three on letterboxd oh did you yeah yeah um, that's two Chris Hemsworths out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I was trying to set up the wheel. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to do the wheel, Chris? We've said already said about the. I oh know. So Chris we wants do that to at the end. end then... uh, well, it depends. Chris wants to end the podcast every episode with like a topic yeah. about film that we can talk about. So do you want to do the wheel last? Do the wheel first, and then we'll talk do about the it. wheel last. Yep. All right. So you want to talk about? So. We're currently in a pandemic. It's pretty shit for every single business. Yeah. Um, but I feel like... Not Amazon. No, they're doing pretty good. The arts in general are really struggling at the moment. And the movie industry is especially doing bad. Because every film has to be delayed at the moment. Because the film industry is just like... Well, if we put it out right now, no one's going to go see it. Did but you... Oh, carry on, sorry. If we... But the problem is, if they don't put it out now, the cinemas are going to struggle. Like, um, Cineworld's just closed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Cineworld. They own multiple other chains. They own Showtime in... There's a lot of American here. things of uh, America. They own cinemas. Regal in America, who are the biggest yeah. cinema chain in America. And obviously, Cineworld are the biggest here. 
And they've I shut. you was here. No, Cineworld are. Because the nearest Cineworld that I know that we've got is Whiteley. Yeah, and there's one Chichester, Chichester in Southampton yeah. as well. Oh, okay. But um, did you hear my voice clip that I put in the chat yesterday about the whole Cineworld thing? No. No? Well, about how some... The studio's just going to have to suck it up. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you think about it. They don't want to put the films out now. Let's say Tenet, for example, didn't really perform well. No. And that's probably made a lot of studios not really want to release their films. Because then, it, uh, take something like Black Widow, for example, probably took a, a lot to make. They'd probably just break even getting that out now. Not by the fact that not a lot of people are going to see them, but you're with £5 movie tickets over here, there's a, a limited number of seats that you can put in the theatre so you can't fill it up anymore. And the thing is, if studios just don't suck it up and take a hit now, say, for example, 25% in the theatres across, let's say, the, uh, the south of England... Our, our sort of areas closed down although they're going to be losing a bit of money now you're not going to have that many theaters to put the movies into after this is all done so then you're left putting your movies on things like disney plus streaming services where people can get like jailbreak their software to just stream it and it, yeah. you'll, you'll find more people illegally downloading these movies a lot of the films that have been going on to digital over the pandemic like um like the invisible man and the host and all these other films they are still performing really well because people are renting them a lot of people do want to support the movie industry and do want to tell the industry what they want made and stuff like that they do want to support it but but i think movie at the moment we can't really because of what's going on i think that i think it's it i think it's easier something like the invisible man like, take Disney Plus, for example. They released the live-action Mulan, didn't they, on yeah. Disney yeah. Plus? I don't think that did very well, either. No, but if you... the reason for that is because to watch it, you had to have a subscription and to pay. Disney Plus, yeah. and then you had to pay another but, £30. But, but I think that's that's the point, because you, 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 you have to rent it. Like, I wouldn't imagine them releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus, and then you just getting it for six quid a month. Because they're no, not, of they're, course not. They're not going to make the, the money. There's no problem with paying like thirty to quid watch is it. not thirty thirty pound is so much. Yeah, but the fact you have to pay for a subscription first before you can even get to paying the thirty pound. I do think that's that's a bit of a piss though. Because let's say you went to the, you took your family to the cinema to see someone like Mulan, and let's say there was you two kids and like a parent, and then you bought like your fucking sweets and shit. It's definitely going to cost you more than thirty quid. But I think that's just their way of bumping their subscription numbers up. Yeah. Because I guarantee a lot of people just did a free trial, watched the movie, and then ducked out. I did for yeah. the MCU stuff, watched it within the week, and then cancelled my su- subscription. Well, maybe they shouldn't put it just on Disney+, Plus, put it on, like, Amazon and Google Play and stuff like that. Where well, you, I don't, I don't you do think have they'd to want pay. to put it on Amazon. Uh, it's, to them, it's a competing well, you can still service. You can still buy and rent films yeah. on Amazon. That's just what I meant. Not like just put it on Amazon oh, right. Prime yeah. for free. Put it, put still, it. it still make yeah. you pay for it. Put it everywhere. I think one of the things that a lot of in studios should look at doing is simultaneously releasing it in the cinema and on places where you can rent. Like um, they did it with that new Bill and Ted movie, and that's done pretty well in both yeah. theaters and renting but there are some of these movies where i just feel i have to see them in the cinema yeah like with tenet um say what you will about that movie but it's probably best experienced in the cinema definitely um i mean there's like 
parts of it I don't really understand with, with, in terms of like the audio and the vocals but that's still like an experience that was a huge film and it made pittance and yes yeah, it's, just, it's made back its budget but considering yeah. how long it took to do that that's pretty crazy but going to the theater is just an experience isn't it like could you yeah. imagine watching a movie on my tv with how shit it sounds no, yeah but like, it's like the thing with like a lot of people i yeah. don't think but a lot of people have home speaker setups um they just watch it like, like you do i think it's more TV common speakers. now than it was a few yeah, years ago before. but the i think a lot of people do want to support these movies and i don't really to. mind if they like if you want to like watch it at home and to be honest that is the safest way to do it i don't really judge anyone who's not going out to the cinema at all to be honest you're not paying five pound for a movie ticket and potentially spreading covid mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> yeah i think that is also a problem a lot of places you don't feel safe going yeah. to the cinema mm. so i feel like some studios something they could do is maybe do like a staggered release like release it in countries or even states in like america where it is safe where there's not like a huge i don't think they ma- can ray of infection determine that in america because trump withholds numbers yeah of course num- mm. withholds numbers and then over here you just don't get your fucking results back yeah i think that's one of the big things and then they no don't knows. they don't log our results either apparently well, exactly do you know what fucking um an issue with that as well so one of the one of the stores that i work for now in like another place um one of their staff had a covid test and got tested positive so they said to him, who have you had, who have you been in contact with in the last week? Um, two meters, within two meters for 15 minutes. The, the cunt named everyone in the store. So the whole store's closed down. They were all oh sent home. God. But with the whole track and trace thing, because it's done by phone, if you and Max have got track and trace on your phone and you've got COVID and he doesn't and you aren't anywhere near each other, but your phones are right next to each other, that will class you as being within two minutes, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So even that is unreliable because yeah. say if you put your phones in the locker at work. Apparently the app, all it does is it gives you like a notification saying you may have been in contact with someone who's tested positive. Mm. And when you click on it, it just goes away. It doesn't yeah. give you any, any information. Yeah, exactly. But it, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what we're going to do when things go back to normal. Like, no one does. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. Like how many movies have been released this year since COVID-19 has happened probably in the cinema? Probably on one hand. Yeah, you? probably. Like Bad Boys 2 is like one of the highest grossing movies of the year because it's like what? one of the only movies Bad to Boys come out 3? this year. Oh, no, not Bad Boys. Sorry, I'm thinking about Hot Fuzz. Bad Boys for Life is what I mean. Yeah. That's one yeah. of the highest grossing movies of the year. Came out in like January or something. Yeah. <laughs> the only film you can when, go and see. The only films that have had big releases since... The pandemic is Tenet and the New Mutants, yeah, and both of them have kind of been a failure, which is what was making every, all the studios be like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that again." Mm. But what's going to be the result? Like when all the movie theaters closed down, they've got no. It, their, their options are release it now and just let fucking everyone pay for it and support you as much as they can. Or in a year's time where there's no theaters, you release it on your streaming service so you don't get fuck all anyway. Yeah, that's that's yeah exactly. That pretty much everyone has delayed their movies now. If they were coming out in the cinema, that it's been delayed. Dune got delayed recently. It was supposed to come out in December. Now it's coming out next November. It's 
like Black Widow is delayed October, by a year. Yeah, yeah. The Batman has been delayed another 20, year. 21 now, isn't it? 2022 20, now. And I'm not surprised. Like, it's... He, everyone's doing it, but it's very disheartening, I yeah, think. And not no one knows what to do. It's... Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit uncertainty, but even, like Chris was saying earlier, like, our government is cutting funds to the, the arts. Like, yeah. it's just... Yeah, and did you say like they they said ever, told everyone that is in the industry to get qualifications, get would you call real jobs? Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous, like insulting that was. Yeah, yeah, like did either of you guys see that ITV like tweeted about that, and then like two hours later they removed it and like like rephrased it because the person that they tweet like quoted saying it kicked off, right. and then. All the replies are just literally people sending the video where he said exactly that. Oh, really? Yeah. So he lied? Fucking hell, man. Yeah, he was like, I never said that people should not, should um, retrain and get new skills. I love the arts industry. That's why I've created this scheme, but it just isn't going to work. A lot of the moves that you see from the government nowadays is very reactionary. Boris is all like it seems like every other day Boris is apologizing for something he's done or something he's said you know like Donald Trump he tweets a lot of shit to be honest and he (laughs) gets backlash for it it's yeah it's a crazy time and it's unfortunate that the arts are so like terribly funded because they do make up a lot of the economy and a lot of people need entertainment they fucking need it. Otherwise, it, like, what? Are we just, like, unfeeling robots that yeah. can't, like, it's, it's emote? Just a, it's just a release. Like, could you imagine, n- like, not never going to a theatre, but having to travel to, like, Southampton for the only theatre within our area that we can get to? Like, yeah. being... I, I don't want to say deprived, because it's a fucking first world problem. I mean, comparing us to children that are in Africa that don't even have fucking clean water and we're moaning about not being able to see a movie. But at the same time, like it's a way for people to escape for the same way that like watching YouTube or listening to music. And as soon as you cut out, like being able to see bands live and connecting to a, a, a something that you feel strongly about in that way, or going to the theater with your mates and experiencing, like there are some movies where you just genuinely um, don't get the same feel at home as you do in a theatre. And I imagine yeah. the second Lord of the Rings is one of those movies, The Battle of Helm's Deep, where it's just fucking huge. Just mm-hmm. it feels different in a theatre yeah. that you can't get the same feel with at home. All the Marvel films are like that as well. Yeah, like Endgame would be a yeah, big Yeah, I've one. seen the double bill of Endgame and Infinity Wars, one of the best yeah. film experiences I've I ever had. I think I told you a will that I was, re- I was genuinely upset that I'd never be able to experience what that was like ever again yeah. because the anticipation when we were, I was so excited to get, mm-hmm. to see that double screen and to experience Endgame, the mid, like, first showing of it and it was just like, yeah, the next year when it was like the year anniversary of it, I was like, fucking, I'd never be able to get that again. Yeah, there's two film experiences for me that I think are the two greatest experiences I've ever had watching a film. And that was when I went to see 2001, A Space Odyssey, and Ooh. Apocalypse Now in the cinema. Yeah. Both like Isn't old Isn't Apocalypse movies. Now um, subtitled? No. no. Oh, I'm thinking of a different film then. Uh, you think of Apocalypto? Yeah. Yeah. But they're both <laughs> old films. 
both old films that are huge and grand and films that watching them at home on a TV screen, it doesn't really do the film justice. There's also like something to say about like the people around you when you're in the cinema. Because when you're in when you're at home and you're just sitting watching a movie, like maybe you put on like a big epic and you're just sat there like eating chips or whatever. Like Red Dawn. You're like whatever. You're just in your underwear. But then when everyone's around you in the cinema, there's this sense of like collective community and everybody um like when something huge happens everyone goes oh and there's i love that feeling in yeah the cinema. do you remember in avengers you were there when we saw infinity war at the midnight screen as well yeah weren't you and it's the scene when we were watching it and it was the scene where the red skull was introduced after the first ever fucking or i think it was the second um a, like marvel movie you haven't seen him and just the collective like gas that you've you've got do you ever watch um audience reaction videos to certain films yeah. i fucking love watching them yeah could you imagine like, have you ever watched the ones to the exorcist where there's people like throwing up and passing out in the <laughs> cinema <laughs> no it's crazy back in the 70s is that yeah <laughs> wow hey did cameras even exist in the 70s yeah i had they filmed the film <laughs> <laughs> cameras has existed it's just like two people performing ages, on a stage <laughs> you ever seen the the meme picture it's like um someone taking a picture it's like the build the creation of the first ever camera being created it's like who the fuck's taking the picture or something <laughs> yeah. like that <laughs> yeah but um but going about the like um theater and watching films at home then in the in the cinema it's the same thing of like um comedy shows like watching uh a comedy special at home and then go in to see it i've found that i i laugh a lot more when i'm in a live audience than i do at home because you're all there together and you're you're like it's just you're sharing something in common with everyone around you yeah same with seeing a band live and then Mm -hmm. either listening to the album or watching like footage of the live concert i don't i think the only good thing that i've ever i think the only strong connection i've ever felt to anyone around me during like watching a band is slam dunk when i started rapping the fresh prince of ballet and a group of people joined in with me and then i never spoke to him again <laughs> but um, um i think the sad thing is the cine world's closing is probably going to be a sign of the future of cinema i don't Do you see think? maybe if things carry on you have places like netflix who are hiring like huge name directors like martin scorsese and noah baumbach and stuff like that to make these incredible movies like the irish man and marriage story and like i'm thinking of ending things the charlie kaufman film that came out a month or two ago yeah. all these huge directors are putting films out on netflix and amazon prime and stuff like that so it's kind of leading to that being a better outlet than working with a main major studio. A lot of like, there's been a lot of big like actors and actors and actresses um, like taking on more like Netflix projects as well, yeah. and, like Amazon Prime originals and stuff like that. Obviously, well. Adam Sandler's had a deal with Netflix for years now. The first ever Netflix original movie was an Adam Sandler movie. That was, mm-hmm. What was it? Yeah, The Magnificent Seven or whatever oh. the fuck it was called. Oh, that really right. bad Western parody, mate. He, he did Uncut Gems, though, which was pretty good. Yeah. Was yeah. good. But that's less an Adam Sandler movie and more Safdie <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Um, He's great in the right movies. Yeah. 
then he's got like that new one about like Halloween. Who be Halloween? Like, That's yeah. gonna be amazing. I think <laughs> I think Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two is probably the best duality ever created. Yeah, man. No, you're f- forgetting Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> is Adam Sandler in there? No. Oh, well, his production company made it. So. Oh, really? Adam Sandler's a production company. Yeah, Happy Gilmore Productions. Oh, fuck off! Oh, your dear. <laughs> Wait, did they produce Happy Gilmore as well? Or was it after? I know it's Happy didn't... Madison. It's called because it's a mixture yeah. of Happy Gilmore and um, Billy, Madison. Billy Madison. Yeah. God, fucking hell. So, um, yeah. so uh, for the long and short of it, uh, the art industry is fucked unless the government pulls their finger out and the studios stop being cocks and just release these fucking movies. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be pessimistic about it. I want to believe that after all this is done, I don't know when that's going to be. Nobody does, but I. I want to believe that cinemas will still be a thing. 2020, Max. Don't say anything else. <laughs> if I can't see the French Dispatch in the cinema next year, I'm going to be heartbroken. Yeah. I don't absolutely. Think, I, don't, I don't think all the millionaires would give a shit, Chris. If I can't I, see Venom 2 in the cinema, I'm going to be annoyed. I will track down um, Wes Anderson personally and say, put it out, bitch. Just stay two metres away from him. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to get the spinning wheel of yeah so we have a gigantic list for our marathons it's on a wheel a spinning wheel i'll put the sound next to the microphone so everyone can hear as it spins and it just picks a film at random i really hope we get the transformers movies that chris didn't want on the list (laughs) we'll see made him put on oh my god what's gonna happen the from dusk till dawn trilogy what's that from dusk till dawn is there three of them? There is. How about that? Can we not watch Shaun of the Dead instead? No, we did no. that last episode. From Dusk Till Dawn, we'll talk has, about that. Has anyone week. seen any of the Wait, From Dusk like Till Dawn? Is it like Dusk Till Dawn 1, 2, and 3? Yeah. What? It's from Dusk Till Dawn 2. That's what it's called? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Has anyone seen any of the From Dusk Till Dawn movies? No, I haven't. The first one is about George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino, who are on the run they go across the borders they go to a Maybe bar in look. mexico and they get attacked by vampires oh yeah. okay great then, right. <laughs> it's right. a well, horror you... action hybrid what all three i assume so i've only watched the first one well we'll oh, see okay have you ever seen any of them no i have not i've not so, seen any of them either so this interested in that the first marathon where pretty much all of us are going in blind yeah. Also yeah. in keeping with October and Halloween, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not sure. In it. Yeah, Halloween, there we go. You can buy a vampire costume in Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to listen to that, that's going to be out next week, next Sunday. We'll make Sunday sure to marathon. drink blood the whole time. Yep. Yeah, we should just drink Bloody Marys the whole podcast. <laughs> no, actual oh, blood. Uh, a yeah. bit like at a Red Dawn. How about that? <laughs> Me and yeah. Max won't be drinking bloody. Oh, what was that? <laughs> like, when he made him drink blood. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That anyway. was a little... I, I just thought that part in Red Dawn, I was like, you're both just being cocks for no reason. <laughs> anyway, that'll be on for the next episode, episode three. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned. More coming, and stay safe. Don't forget to watch Who Be Halloween straight to Netflix soon. Should do that at the end. I like it. <laughs> Book ending. <laughs> you sound like when fucking Steve in Minecraft takes full damage. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much for listening. Peace out. <laughs>